Welcome to the Sporty Dietitian Podcast, a show that helps you simplify your nutrition and amplify your activity. I'm your host, Sarah, a board-certified sports dietitian, personal trainer, and expert in sports nutrition. In today's episode, we are going to go into detail of five signs that you may be underfueling. Let's get into it. All right, guys and gals, let's get into our topic today. I'm so excited to talk about just some general information around if you are eating enough food. I think this is one of my favorite things to talk about as a sports dietitian because our society is just, you know, trained to think that we need to eat less to achieve the physique we want to, um, to be healthy and whatnot. And, and I get to tell people that they get to eat more and they get to eat more carbohydrates and calories. And I think that's just a freeing topic to be able to talk about. So I first want to introduce kind of an idea that's going to guide our discussion today. And the reason that I'm introducing this is because it's, I think it's a very powerful and eye-opening concept to think about when we are thinking about how our body responds and, you know, the physiology in which our body acts on a day-to-day basis when we are underfueled. And that's this concept of what's called a cave person brain. So this was introduced to me in a book that I read called Sick Enough. It is a great book. It's tailored towards patients with eating disorders. However, it's applicable to anyone who's underfueling. So do not turn off the podcast if you heard me say eating disorder. This is not what this podcast is about, um, but it is to introduce the idea of just what happens to our body when we're not fed well. So this cave person brain is essentially the part of our brain that drives our body as a mammal, not as, you know, a thinking being a human with a personality. So we're talking about basic physiological functions. It refers to the part of our brain that manages our day-to-day functions in our body. So let's kind of break down what that means. Our cave person brain drives functions such as temperature, digestion, heart rate, blood pressure, and our reproductive hormones. And our cave person brain is really smart, right? Because if we think about the simple concept of what cave people went through in, uh, you know, in ancient times is they had to hunt for their own food and famine was a thing. And so our cave person brain is really heightened to that. And it, it it's very responsive to any trigger that our brain may sense, I'm experiencing famine. And so it alters those physiological functions. When our cave person brain senses that it's not getting enough to eat, whether that be from an eating disorder, whether that be dieting, whether that be being on a juice cleanse for a week, it doesn't know the difference. It just senses, I'm experiencing famine. We have to protect our person. So as we kind of talk about what changes in our body as we're under fueling, I'm going to refer to the idea of this cave person brain. And the f- that brings us into the first sign that you're under fueling is that you are experiencing physical signs of hunger throughout the day. You guys, if you are hungry, eat food. It does not matter if you just ate an hour ago. Maybe the meal that you ate wasn't sufficient to fuel your body at the time that it needed that fuel. Maybe you need to add 
add another snack in, and that's okay. Society has told us that we need to eat three meals a day, snacking is bad, eating after a certain time is bad, fasting is good, and you guys, that's just not the reality of it. Every person is so different, and we all have a different metabolism and different genetics and different activity levels, and all of those things play into how much food we need in a day. When we are talking about acting on your physical signs of hunger, that looks different for everyone. For me, my stomach rumbles so loud. I remember in college, the people next to me would kind of turn and look at me because you could hear that I was hungry. And as embarrassing as that was, I know that if I get to that point, I'm hungry and I need to eat something. I also experience almost like dizziness brain fog, um, just overall low energy. However, you may not have stomach rumbles. You may not feel like your energy levels are tanking. Um, You may, that may look different in, in you. And sometimes I do have to work with people just to kind of relearn what hunger and what fullness looks like in your person. And if you are unaware what hunger feels like, I challenge you to figure out what that looks like for yourself. So please stop listening to the messages that social media and that society is putting out there because in reality, they're harmful, they're inaccurate, and they're very stress-inducing. Nutrition and fueling and health, there's so much information out there and it gets very confusing, but you heard it from a nutrition expert, eat your dang food and act on your hunger, people. It is time to reconnect with what your body's natural appetite looks and feels like. So that brings us right into the second sign that you may be under fueling, and that's if you experience intense cravings. Your body is such a cool, smart entity. If you are experiencing cravings for food, it's because you are under fueled. So what that looks like in each person is obviously different, but your body will send cravings for sweet food when it is low on energy. And the reason for that is because carbohydrates are our body's main source of fuel. Oftentimes, those sweet foods are quicker forms of carbohydrate or quicker digesting energy, and so our body can soak that up really quickly and be energized quicker. So if you've ever like gotten home from work or from an activity and you just you have to get your hands on something sweet or maybe it's the end of the day and you've ate your you know three bunny meals throughout the day because you're dieting and you're trying to eat how Kim Kardashian told you to and all of a sudden you just you know can't stop thinking about chocolate or pastries or ice cream it may be because you're underfueled. Sometimes that's a habit thing when we're talking about late night snacking. But if you are experiencing those intense cravings for food and you're thinking about food a lot, odds are you're underfueling. So I challenge you to seek out the help from someone to help you understand what your baseline needs are or just start adding in a little bit more each day of obviously nutritious foods, right? If you're someone who has to eat a lot of calories in a day, you can have more of those fun foods because your body is going to utilize it for energy when we're, you know, versus a sedentary person um, who's not exercising for an hour plus more a day. All right, we have three signs left to discuss that you may be underfueling. And here we're going to talk about some more nitty gritty stuff, talk about the cave person brain. And these are things that I challenge you to think about 
within yourself, if you experience these things, even if you think you don't, kind of pay attention to that more throughout the day. So the third sign that you may be underfueling is that you feel a little bit more anxious than normal. Your mood is changing. So back to our concept of our cave person brain. When we're thinking about how our body changes when we are in this state of right starvation, intentional or unintentional, we are decreasing our calories and our body is changing. Our thinking and our ability to feel normal and fall asleep can definitely be impacted. We're kind of more heightened and aware. So this was first demonstrated in an old research study, but it still is so impactful to this day. If you have ever taken a biology class in high school or were a science major in college, you have probably heard of this guy in this study. It was performed by Ansel Keys, and it was called the Minnesota Starvation Study. So um, it is definitely highly illegal to recreate today, but again, it still has such an impactful meaning and impactful result on how our body changes physiologically and psychologically whenever we starve our bodies of the fuel that it needs. So the reason that this study was performed is because this guy, Ansel Keys, he was a physiologist and he was super interested in the effects that you know, war and concentration camps and starvation had on the body when coupled with the demand of calorie expenditure that these places had, like having to, you know, perform heavy labor and not being able to rest, being sleep deprived, kind of how those things related to each other and how the body responded. So he took 36 dudes, 36 young guys that, you know, at this time we weren't exposed to social media. There wasn't a whole lot being talked about, you know, in terms of we have to be this thin ideal body weight person. Um, So we're, we're taking a lot of those other influential factors out of the picture. And he started feeding these guys for three months, 3,200 calories. So this, you know, concept was that we're going to be fit, we're going to be at our ideal weights, and we're going to be rested. So they were taking in quite a bit of calories, um, and they were active, but they weren't being told they had to do all of these, you know, physical labor requirements throughout the day. So after that three months, he took them into a six-month period of eating 1,500 calories per day. So we are halving and then some, the total calorie intake. And not only did he do that, he also increased the physical requirements of their day. So now we're performing heavy labor. Now we're participating in some exercise. And we're also not being allowed to sleep the hours that these specific people needed to sleep, that general adults needed to sleep. And his overall goal was to make them lose about 25% of their body weight, not body fat, entire body weight. So if that's a 100-pound person, we're talking losing 25 pounds. So they would go from 100 pounds to 75 pounds. That was just easy math because I did that on the spot rather than having to calculate that um, with a more difficult number. So physiologically, obviously, these people experienced a decrease in their metabolic rate. They 
you know, had reduced body temperatures, which we'll talk about in the next sign, um, reduced blood pressures, which is also a symptom that happens during underfueling, and they also experienced reduced heart rate. So they found all of that. That was expected, right? We know that to this day, but one of the unexpected results was the psychological effect that this process, this starvation and heavy exercise demand had on these people. And, you know, they observed them and they asked them questions. And what they found was that these guys had really, really high levels of depression and of emotional stress. And that was not anticipated. They found these guys were acting hysterically, probably because they were sleep deprived and their brain was starved of fuel. They actually, some of them actually had some feelings of self-harm. They, they viewed others who ate normally as disgusting. They were very judgmental of them because they were told to eat a certain way and act a certain way. So the, the people who didn't, right, they had had a certain view of them and it was a negative view. They also felt very preoccupied with food. They were thinking about food all day long. And that is a prison to hold yourself within. If you are someone who feels preoccupied with food all day long, that is not normal. I encourage you to look into that more, you know, figure out if there is a healthy or an unhealthy relationship between you and food and please act on it because you should not be within this prison within yourself of always thinking about how much of what thing you're going to put in your mouth and when. And the last thing that these people experience is that, you know, because they were asked to be so specific in their eating patterns and how they exercise, they became very, very socially isolated and they felt like their concentration and their judgment were impaired. That's a huge part of athletic performance because as an athlete, you are expected to perform a certain way, make certain decisions on the field, in the pool, wherever it is, um, on the competition floor. And if your judgment and your concentration is impaired, odds are you're probably going to have some negative outcomes in your performance. And we actually want to reverse that, right? And give you enough fuel so that you have better concentration and better judgment so that you can perform even better. So all of that to say, there's a lot of things that can happen psychologically within your body whenever you are starving your brain. You can start to feel more anxious. You can start to have more, um, you know, mental disorders within yourself. And that's something you would, you would obviously want to seek the help of a third party to help you work through. However, when you start adding in calories safely and effectively with nutritious foods, under the guidance of someone to help you, we do see that that gets better. So, it, and that oftentimes can get better quickly. It's it's obviously dependent on who you are and how severe that situation was. But even just two weeks after adding calories back in, we can see improvement in those psychological symptoms. All right, moving into the fourth sign that you may be under fueling. This is a hot topic. And honestly, we could have an entire podcast about it. And I probably will do that in the future. But the fourth sign is that you are experiencing some hormone changes. We're seeing this a lot in integrative and functional medicine. People are going in just to be evaluated. They exercise. They don't eat enough. They have low estrogen. They have low testosterone, even if it's just on the lower end of normal. And they are being prescribed exogenous forms of hormones. Yes, that will fix your problem in terms of having low testosterone or low hormones, but it's not really getting to the root issue. 
So let me back up real quick and talk about kind of what these hormone changes look like in our body. So we have the low testosterone, we have the low estrogen, we have low libido and low sex drive, and um, sometimes we have loss of our period in females as well. Not all of the time, um, but that definitely is something that we look out for for people who are under fueling um, as women is having a menstrual cycle. If you are on hormonal birth control, you are having a a menstrual cycle caused by your hormonal birth control. Sometimes we've seen people who have underfueled chronically and they have a period because they're on birth control, but then they get off of birth control and they don't have a period for three months. So that tells us this person is experiencing loss of their menstrual cycle. We need to do something about that. So talking about our cave person brain, when we aren't eating enough, our cave person brain literally says, I am experiencing famine. I am starved. My body is very stressed right now. You know, I'm not eating enough. I'm exercising a lot. I'm expending a lot of calories. Now's probably not really a good time to have a baby. So we're going to create less ideal situations within our body to prevent having a baby. What that looks like in terms of symptoms or side effects is your sex drive decreases. Wanting to pursue a partner or your partner decreases. You lose that menstrual cycle because it frankly takes too many calories to let that blood flow from our body uh, each month. Um, And even just carrying a baby in general, that would take up way too many resources and use way too many calories. So our brain starts to alter our hormones to protect our bodies during this time of having low resources. It literally shuts down the part of your brain that creates sex hormones, and that's your hypothalamus, and that creates in turn low estrogen and low testosterone. So one of the really important pieces to take away from this sign of underfueling is that this is the one of the most dangerous side effects of underfueling because it leads to the only irreversible complication of chronically not eating enough, and that's bone density loss. We won't go too much into detail with that other than, you know, one way that our res- our body responds to not eating enough, expending too many calories, is it just tanks our bone density. And that puts someone at at high, high risk for a stress fracture. We're talking, you know, even 200 to 300% times higher than the normal person. And for people who are active and are loading their bones with lots of impact and are required to, you know, do quick movements and be very active and have strength and endurance, that is huge. And then if we do actually get a stress fracture, now you're out of your sport. If you're an athlete on scholarship, that's a big deal. If you're someone who has hopes to compete later on, in life, that's a big deal and it's going to set you back and it can be hard to recover from that as well. And one important note too is this happens in males and females, but it can actually happen a little bit faster in males um, and, and males can fracture a little bit more easily than males. Maybe it's because males do more stupid things than females do. I don't know. That's my unprofessional opinion, but uh, we do know that that's something that can happen um, to a higher extent in males. So with all of that being said, we do know that weight restoration, so getting back up to being at a healthy weight, which may be a weight that you aren't initially satisfied with, right? 
And, you know, having a form of nutritional rehabilitation, throwing in some more calories, throwing in some more nutrients, that's the gold standard of treatment for this. All right, the fifth sign that you may be underfueling is one that I think is, you know, one of the most basic, but one of the most forgotten about and one of the most vital tasks that our body is required to do. Um, and that's maintaining our temperature. So if you are feeling cold when others are not, you may be under fueling. When you're not eating enough and your body needs to conserve calories burned in a day, right? Your caveman brain is talking then our body actually changes our ability to regulate our temperature. So ways that we see that manifest in people is sometimes we actually see some hair growth, especially around the face area, just to provide an extra layer of warmth. Um, and this is called lanugo. And that um, just prevents some heat loss, that extra layer there. And that does actually go away. It can be reversed when energy balance is restored. We also see cold extremities, sometimes a reddish bluish color in your fingertips and in your toes as well. Our brain is literally like, hmm, you know, my extremities, I don't really need those guys to survive. They don't really do a whole lot for me. So why should I use all of this energy to heat, heat it up when the heat's just going to be lost super easily because it's the furthest away from our body? So we experience this reduced circulation to our limbs. People who underfuel typically feel cold a lot. That's a question that is asked when we are trying to figure out if someone is underfueling um, is, do you feel cold when others don't? And sometimes instead of regulating from shivering to create heat because that expends calories, we see um, these people, you know, go get blankets, wear extra clothes drink hot tea or hot coffee because that provides an external source of heat or traps heat in rather than having to expend those calories through um, warming our body up internally. I hope you learned a little bit more about signs of underfueling. This is something that I want to continue to push out to the world because we just aren't there yet in terms of preventing you know, people from underfueling, and it needs to be a normal thing to eat calories. 3,000 calories is not too many calories for someone who's active. That is, that is a perfectly healthy amount of calories, and sometimes that's not even enough, especially if we're looking in a tall male population, but females, I've had females need 5,000 calories, you know, even more than that sometimes to restore all of the body's normal functions, to feel good, to perform well, and to be happy. That is an important piece that we need to think about as well. Our mental health and our relationship with food, you know, that should triumph over trying to look a certain way or act a certain way. We need to put our physical and our mental health first. Do not let society tell you what you should and shouldn't do related to how you eat. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Sporty Dietitian podcast. I will see you guys next time.